Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Great. Good. Good. Well, I think we need to, I know we just prayed, but I could do with some extra prayer. One of them because I have 11 pages of notes, so Lord help me. Everyone just extend your hands towards me and say, help her, Lord. Amen. Okay. I, I'm a little bit nervous today to be speaking. And one of the reasons is, is because the subject that I want to speak about, I believe I'm going to be poking a bear that the church has allowed to take up residence in. And I think it's going to make some of us a little bit uncomfortable, but it gets really good. So if you could just hang in there with me until the end, I promise there is hope and it's encouraging and inspiring. Okay? All right, promise me you'll be here till the end. Okay. All right, so this is a subject that I have been passionate about for a while, but really only probably the last two to three years have been studying and actually making changes towards this to line up with the study that I've been doing. Now, Joaquin and I, if you didn't know, before Bethel Austin, Joaquin ran the healing rooms and we used to travel all over doing itinerant ministry. And so because he ran the healing ministry, a lot of times we were invited to do things like healing schools, healing conferences, healing seminars, pretty much healing of some kind. And I remember we would travel the world and we traveled all over the US as well. And I remember the first time being in church and at the end, we always give this, uh, we give this opportunity for people to be prayed for, for them to receive physical healing in their body. And I remember the first time Joaquin was like, okay, now stand up if you have pain in your body or if you have sickness or if you have something that you don't want to leave with, why don't you stand up? And 80% of the room stood up. And I was like, whoa, this church is super unhealthy. <laughs> but guess what? They were not the exception to the rule. Unfortunately, in churches across America, almost 80% of people would stand up to receive healing from pain or sickness in their body. And I was like, God, this doesn't make sense. I thought that Christians were supposed to lead in every area of life. Why are we not the most healthy people that there is? See, I believe that the church is becoming bolder in addressing topics. We're starting to get a little bit more comfortable talking about sex in church. It's yay, big steps. We're doing great. We're starting to talk about mental health issues and anxiety. You know, I think we're starting to do a lot better at addressing our souls because we've done a really good job, obviously, at addressing our spirits, haven't we? Isn't that what the main role of the church is, is to help us grow spiritually, to strengthen our faith, 
faith, faith, <laughs> to teach us more about God. Yeah, and we've done so good at that. And I think we're getting better and better at teaching about the soul and healthy souls, our emotions, our thoughts, our minds. Yet how often do you hear a sermon about your body? Our bodies are a third of our being, yet we remain silent on issues that affect us and our bodies, our physical bodies. See, we talk about our finances, like Stacey just did so well. We talk about our relationships, yet physical health seems to be a taboo subject in the church. I believe it's because it convicts many of us. See, we're okay to be held accountable for what comes out of our mouths. Just don't hold us accountable for what goes in our mouth. Right? I know. Hey, guys, I love food. I love food. I promise, like I said, it's going to get better. (laughs) But our lifestyles and some of the unhealthy habits we have created have become vices and idols in our life. And yet, because we're not willing to address it from a platform, we just pat that little sin and keep it hidden. But make no mistake, gluttony is a sin. And we don't rank sins. A sin is a sin. And so I believe that it's time the church started talking about health in every single area. So I'm passionate about this subject, and I want to start this conversation today. But like I said, I got 11 pages of notes, and I could have keep adding. I could have kept going and going and going. So maybe we'll just have to do a series. I don't know. But I do believe that the church should be the healthiest place on earth. See, God wants more out of our lives than a get-out-of-hell card. He does. Jesus said in John 10.10 that he came to give life and life abundantly. That word life there is Zoe. And that word Zoe means vitality. It means fullness of life. See, Jesus cares about our whole beings and not just our spirits. Taking care of our body should not take precedence over our spirit, but it should be a partnership. And often when you are thriving physically, it overflows into your spiritual life because every part of our life is intertwined, mind, body, and spirit. See, Jesus cares about it. I mean, do you ever ask yourself, why did Jesus show up the most Why was his ministry often demonstrated through the healing of bodies? Because really, he could have showed up any way he wanted to prove that he was God and to prove that the kingdom of God was at hand. He could have had just a flock of angels accompanying him. He could have just called down fire whenever he wanted. He could have showed up however he wanted, but he chose to show up and heal bodies. In Isaiah 53, 
5, it says, and by his stripes, we are healed. That word healed means healed. (laughs) I know. If you're taking notes, that's for you. But it can also mean physician. It can mean cure. And it can mean healthful. By his stripes, you are made healthful. See, why does it matter to God? Because there is no part of your life that he doesn't care about. So this morning, I want to ask you this question. How's your temple? How are you stewarding the body in which God himself inhabits? Because stewardship matters to God. It's how he trusts us with more. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, Paul says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. The blood of Jesus was the price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, Paul in this passage is talking to the Corinthian church and he's talking specifically about sexual purity. He's saying, honor your body through sexual purity because your body is not yours, it is God's. But if your body is not yours and it is God's, then should we not honor him in every area of our body? See, in the beginning when God created man and woman, he saw us and he said that we were good. He didn't say, oh, I don't know about the body, but the spirit's really good. He said, your whole being is good. It's how he designed us. Now, unfortunately, I have to run through a quick list of disclaimers. (laughs) Because, you know, don't get offended. Disclaimer number one, our identity is in Christ, period. Not in our looks, not even in our health. Our identity is found in Jesus Christ. And in the same way that he asks us to be good stewards of our finances, he calls us to be good stewards of every area of our life. The next one, I am not preaching skinny. I am preaching healthy. And healthy comes in all shapes and sizes. So I am not, there's a lot of skinny people who are very unhealthy. So let's not fall into the trap of the world and think that skinny equals healthy. It does not. There is a big difference between appearance and health, and our appearance cannot be what is driving us. It has to be our health. Often, those go hand in hand. When you begin to feed yourself better, you begin to look different. But we make sure that health comes before appearance. It's what we're going after, is health. Another disclaimer, some sickness and pain is completely out of our control. Period. It's just, it's out of our control. And so there are some things that it doesn't matter how good you eat, doesn't matter how much you exercise, 
there is pain and disease out of our control. I'm not talking to that this morning. 25%-ish of diseases are hereditary. 75% of disease and sickness is insured by our lifestyle choices. 75%. That's huge. There is a lot that is in our control. Now, don't shoot the messenger. But here's the deal. If we pray for you and you have sore knees, we expect God to heal you. We believe that God can heal you. And we've seen God heal. But if that pain comes back, we need to ask ourselves, is God maybe asking us to lose weight so that the pressure on our joints isn't constantly under such stress? Because he is the God who instantly heals, but he's also the God who gives us wisdom and self-control. He is both. And the tension is, is that our bodies don't last forever. And I think getting older is beautiful. So I keep telling myself. (laughs) We can't put all of our stock and all of our value in that which is finite. So I want to make that very clear. But let me say this. If I die for the gospel, that is one thing. But if I die because I put too many cheeseburgers in my mouth, that is another thing completely. I'm trying. (laughs) And I want to make no mistake, spiritual health and right standing with the Lord is the supreme priority. It trumps health in any way, shape, or form. But it should not exclude health. See, God wants all of us. Let me tell you a little bit about the statistics of church health. I know. Statistics show that Christians in America may be more overweight than the general population. A 2006 study found that Christians by far are the most overweight of all the religious groups. Baptists had a 30% obesity rate compared with Jews at 1% and Buddhists at 0.07%. Nearly one half of the American population will be obese by 2030, according to the 2012 study published by the American Journal of Preventative Medicine. 70% of Americans are overweight or obese, according to the American Heart Association. In the standard American diet, 70% of calories come from processed foods. Now let's take a moment to talk about the pandemic. The pandemic that is costing Americans six hundred and fifty nine thousand lives a year. Let's talk about heart disease. 
heart disease. 659,000 Americans die every single year from a disease that is 90% preventable. 90% preventable. That's 593-ish thousand people who could be alive if they made right choices, healthy choices. Every single year. Look, I'm not making light of COVID. I know that COVID is real. I have lost a friend to COVID. It is awful and it is a tragedy. The reality is the more people die every year of preventable diseases in this country than they do of COVID. Yet we've created so much fear around a virus that we cannot control, but we passively accept and perpetuate diseases that are killing us, that are within our control. That is a tragedy. So imagine with me, if you will, that the government spent as much money on disease prevention as they did on COVID testing. Dang. Imagine if they promoted healthy living and healthy choices on social media at the same rate that they promote vaccines and masks. I'm not up here saying I'm anti-vax. I'm not up here saying I'm pro-vax. I'm just making a point. We're funneling so much money into a pandemic that is out of our control, yet the diseases that are within our control to prevent, we don't care about. Imagine if companies all over the country gave incentives and prizes to people who lost weight and made healthy choices. But see, we're not in the business of disease prevention because there's no money in it. There's only money in disease treatment. See, the food industry or the FDA, they don't care. And we only have to look at statistics to know that that is true. It's not, it's not a conspiracy theory. High fructose corn syrup is banned in most Western countries. Did you know that? Even in Australia, all throughout Europe, most Western countries, high fructose corn syrup is not allowed in any of the food because it is the number one propeller for obesity and diabetes. It is one of the biggest contributors to heart disease. But you know what? It's cheap. It's super cheap. Sugar and high fructose corn syrup are the number one leading causes of diabetes. I'm not saying that COVID is not an epidemic, that it's not a pandemic. I'm just saying that there are multiple diseases that are as well. So let's take a holistic approach to our health. Yeah. 
In traditional Asian thought, the highest and most honored form of medicine is prevention, not treatment. Today in Japan, the focus is on preventing diseases in the first place. There are massive local and national efforts underway to prevent diabetes and heart disease. Gluttony and ignorance is creating a culture and a generation that is the sickest we have ever seen. And the church isn't saying anything. I love Chick-fil-A. I know. I love it. I like In-N-Out too. Double-double protein style. But I don't eat it every day. And I don't eat it every week. It's a treat. And we can't slap a scripture on packaging and think it's okay. Do you know how many Christians think that In-N-Out and Chick-fil-A are okay to eat because they're Christian companies? Now, don't get me wrong, if Chick-fil-A ran for president, I would vote for it. We would have a super efficient, very well-mannered government. Wouldn't be very healthy, but I don't think we're very healthy anyway. So, you know. I'm not bashing on Chick-fil-A and in and out But their food, along with every other fast food, is laced with MSG. Do you know what MSG does? Tells you to keep eating. Tells you to keep eating even when you're full. It makes the meal that it's in even more irresistible for you to eat. They want to overfeed you and keep you coming back for more. Listen, sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is say no to the spicy chicken sandwich. (laughs) If everything is spiritual, right? If our whole beings are of importance to God, sometimes saying no and exercising self-control is the most spiritual thing you can do. Let's not compartmentalize, oh, that's spirit, that's body, that's soul. No, it's all you. And the choices on your physical body, they affect your spirit. And the choices of your spirit, they affect your soul. Listen to this, Proverbs 23, 2. Put a knife to your throat if you are given to gluttony. I didn't say it, the Bible said that one. Super extreme. Let me read you this in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 16, 49. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. Other translations say this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride. That's bad. We know as believers, pride is a no-no. Preach against pride. We're all good with that. Fullness of food. This was her sin. Fullness of food and abundance of idleness. Fullness of food and an abundance of idleness. That sounds like America. It sounds like almost every Western nation there is. We don't move a whole lot and we don't eat 
super great. Statistically, obviously there are people in their choices who are making great choices and healthy choices and doing all they can to live a healthy, vibrant life. Statistically, that's not the case for most of us. Cosmetics. There are 1,300 chemicals that are banned in Europe from your cosmetics, from their cosmetics and skincare. You know how many are banned in America? 11. So it's not just talking about what you put in your mouth, it's talking about what you put on your face, what you put on your body, what you wash your hair with. Chemicals that countries are deeming too toxic for human consumption, because your skin is your largest organ, so you absorb that, and banning from entire countries. They're in-house stuff that we put on every single day. Hormones, my gosh. I don't know, should we go there? Hormones. I know this is gonna be so shocking to so many of you, but I can have some hormonal swings every now and then. Don't say anything. <laughs> Joaquin's like, amen. <laughs> I have times when I'm super impatient with my children. I said that from a pulpit. Shattering the illusion. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think any of you are under that illusion. Um, but hormones, they're a big deal. And the toxins in our environment are hormone disruptors. So you keep trying and you keep trying and you keep trying not to go up and down with your moods thinking that it's in your control. But actually, your body has got a takeover happening. And it doesn't matter how much you try. If you keep surrounding yourself with toxins and putting toxic things in your mouth, they're never going to level out. So we've got to get healthy from every single angle. We will be kinder. We will be more patient. We will have more grace if our inward bodies are not battling and fighting against themselves. How did we get here? Well, since the days of Christ, teaching began to seep into the church of the Gnostics. And if you know anything about Gnostics teaching, they, they teach you that the flesh is evil. The flesh is evil. And so they even went as far as to develop something called self-flagellation, which is inflicting harm and pain on your physical body in order to cast out the evil from your flesh. And parts of that crept into the Christian theology in the early days of the church. And then it was perpetuated by the Roman Catholic Church through mortification of the flesh. Even Martin Luther, who we love and adore as one of our great reformers, used to practice mortification of the flesh. See, they believed that partaking in the sufferings of Christ meant partaking in the physical pain that Christ went through before and at the cross. 
And so this way of thinking has seeped into the Christian theology that your flesh is evil. So disregard it. Don't just disregard it. In fact, punish it. And, you know, I think a lot of us would think, well, that's just crazy. That doesn't really happen anymore. But there are actual, like, Judaism and some forms of Christianity still practice self-flagellation today. And even more so in days of celebration and high holy days. There, your flesh is evil and it is of no value. But let me tell you, your flesh under the submission of Jesus Christ is beautiful. It is beautiful and it is of high value when it is submitted to Jesus. Why would he create you with a fleshly body if he hated it so much? I mean, it's logic. Another movement in the 70s called the Jesus People Movement, which we love. And actually, Chris Vallotton touched on this when he was back with us uh, last year for our established conference. But teachings in this movement, like the late great planet Earth came out and were teaching that Jesus is going to come back at any time and any moment. Apparently, they republished that book four times and kept changing the date that Jesus was going to come back. Which I think is hilarious, but see what happened is Christianity then went from the kingdom is at hand to the world is near the end of the world is near. And when that becomes the main focus in our theology, then everything in this world holds little value, including our finite bodies. So this combination between Gnosticism, modification of the flesh, and the end is near. I think we've kind of just done away with health, thinking it's just a second-rate commodity to our spirit. There's actually not a lot that the Bible teaches about physical fitness. But many theologians and anthropologists talk about how physical health was just such a big part of biblical times that it didn't really need preaching. How many of you walked seven miles to get to church today? No? No one? Okay. See, walking was a part of everyday life. And many think that people on average would walk anywhere from 7 to 30 miles a day in their average lifestyle. This isn't going to the gym and riding on a treadmill. This is getting water to, and food to feed your family. This is being a shepherd in, in herding your flock. Roman soldiers were known to go 30 to 40 miles a day of marching on travel days. And look, disease was prevalent and viruses happened. The conditions around hygiene were obviously poor. But preventative diseases surrounding toxins in the environment, food choices, and movement of the body were almost non-existent. Because they didn't have to worry if the vegetables they were picking had Roundup on it. They didn't have to worry if the brand new carpet they were laying in their homes was emitting gases and toxins. They didn't have to worry if people were adding fluoride into the water system. 
So there are so many things that in biblical times just simply weren't even an issue because of culture. Meat was usually only eaten at special occasions, celebrations, the feasts. I know I'm going to get stoned for this one, but prophet, I know I'm in Texas. That's hence why I'm going to get stoned. Visitors, please come back next week. I promise you whoever is speaking will just make you feel a whole lot better than I'm doing right now. But Proverbs 23, 20, 21 says, do not join those who drink too much wine. I think we know that. I think we do a good job at, at, as a church of speaking about that. It also says, do not join those who gorge themselves on meat. <laughs> and I've heard about all these fad diets, right? And look, if keto, what, all of these things work for you, do what makes you healthy. People are like, well, we, people just used to eat meat all the time. And I'm like, no, no. They would eat meat sometimes when they hunted, but they were gathering more than they were hunting and their meat had to last them a long time. So they weren't eating it every single day. And most of the times it would go off quickly. So they actually shared the meat. They shared the kill that they would have with friends and family and neighbors. But unfortunately, due to culture, fitness is an independent category from lifestyle. Why does this matter? Let's get to the good part. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, Paul says this, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself shall become disqualified. Quite simply this is you have a call on your life and no one is going to fulfill that but you. We have assignments to do, and it takes us being healthy and strong and vibrant to fulfill those assignments. I mean, how hard is it for the enemy if half the church is sick and tired? Let me say this. <laughs> this is Charles Spurgeon. Again, not me, so... Your body was a willing horse when it was in service of the devil. Let it not be a sluggish hack now that it draws the chariot of Christ. Say that again. I will say that again. Your body was a willing horse when it was in the service of the devil. Let it not be a sluggish hack now that it draws the chariot of Christ. Our bodies are these incredible gifts from God. And biblically, there is a holistic view of human beings as mind, body, and spirit. And we can't just ignore one third of our being. 
Your health should not only just be important to you, but it's also a gift and a legacy that you leave for generations to come. How? Quite simply, you're around for longer. And I don't know who wouldn't want to be around for longer. I haven't met anyone who said, oh yeah, I'm good to die anytime now. You pass on wisdom of healthy habits to your children. In the same way, you pass on unhealthy habits to your children as well. You, okay. Noah, love you. She's my doctor. I called her last night just to check some of my facts. But you can quite literally pass health on to your children through your genetics. Isn't that cool? Isn't that a cool gift? There is hope for the future. Now, Noah taught me this word, but epigenetics, did I say it right? Yeah. Say, in the same way that changing your thought patterns from negative to positive change your neuropathways, making positive changes to your diet and lifestyle has the ability to lower a genetic expression of hereditary disease. Meaning even if you were born with it, you can do something about it. Right? That's good news. By eliminating toxins, you can change your genetic expression and cellular health. God is just, ah, he's such a genius. Like, every single thing he designed is so intricately woven together. Did you know if you come to church, if you're a regular member of a church family and come to church on a regular basis, you will have seven extra years on your life than the average person. Do you know that? Do you know coming to church is healthy for you? (laughs) To your physical body, not just your spirit and not just your emotions. It has an effect on your physical body. Has anyone heard of blue zones? Yeah. I've been studying blue zones lately and reading lots of books on them, and I'm fascinated by them. Blue zones are areas in the world where there are the most um, people who live to be over 100 years old, centenarians. So there's five of them at the moment. And I think, as Noah suggested, I should title this message, Bethel Austin, the new blue zone. Right? But there's a place in Japan, there's a place in Greece, there's a place in Italy, there is a place in Costa Rica, and there is a place in California that are all known as blue zones. It's intriguing. I don't have a ton of time to go into the study of it, but I would implore you to do it. It's just fascinating. They go in and they study the lifestyle of these people and try to figure out what are the common denominators that are causing all of these people to live longer than the average population in the world. It is diet, it is lifestyle, and it is often a common cause or a common um, interest such as religion. You know, in California, it's Loma Linda. It's one of the highest concentrated areas of Seventh-day Adventists, who are mainly vegetarian, by the way. 
That's exciting to me. Because I don't know about you, but I think of all those other places and I'm like, Psh, how hard can it be to eat healthy like on a Greek island? <laughs> like if, oh, if I'm on the coast of Costa Rica, like I could eat pretty healthy too. But in California, they have one. That brings me hope and that brings me joy. <laughs> it should be very inspiring to you guys too. We can do it. That's what it means. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart is good like medicine. Get this. It's not just what you eat. It's how you eat that also has effect on your health. And when God tells us to break bread with our friends and our family and our neighbors, it's not just because that's a good relational connection. Breaking bread with one another and eating in company creates health to your bones, health to your bodies. So it's not just what we eat, but it's how we eat it. And we've done away, I think, in our culture with this fellowship mentality around food. Can I tell you one of the ways I think, one of the reasons why I think that's true? is you eat slower when you're with friends. Simply, it just gives your body time to digest more. You often laugh and are enjoying what you're eating and not rushing. You're often in a relaxed environment when you're eating with family and friends. And it has an impact on our health. In the blue zones, they attribute one of the reasons people live longer is that they come together with family, neighbors, and friends around the table and they break bread together. Can I tell you why I think we're not so great at that? Is because somehow we turned hospitality into entertaining. I don't know about you, but entertaining sounds exhausting. <laughs> I don't want to entertain people at my house. That means I've got to clean up my house, which I have three little children. It's not just clean all the time. That takes effort. It means things have got to be Pinterest perfect, right? Pinterest has a lot to answer for. <laughs> See, entertaining says it has to be elaborate, where hospitality says there is beautiful in the simple. Entertaining says exhausting, and hospitality says life-filling. Entertaining says you have to have your house spotless, but hospitality says, welcome to my life. It's not perfect, but you're welcome here. Entertaining says you have to have things perfect, but hospitality says the more the merrier. We have to get back to eating the way that God designed food to be eaten, and that's with family, and that's through fellowship. There is so much power in coming to the table together, not just spiritually. People tend to live longer lives, up to seven to 10 years longer, who have a sense of purpose. Have you ever heard how um, a married couple, if they've been married a really long time and one passes away, then often the other will pass away relatively quickly. And it's because their sense of purpose has gone. If we have a purpose, we have greater life expectancy. 
See, you are alive for a reason. You are not alive by accident. You have a call on your life. Don't let the enemy let your flesh get in the way of your calling. Here's the good news. It doesn't matter if you're 7 or 70. You can start making choices right now, today, that is going to lead to longevity and health. A vibrant life. The life that Jesus came to give us. Joyce Meyer says, it's one thing to be a miserable sinner. It's another thing to be a miserable saint. We are on display for the world to see. Are we doing a good representation of Jesus in our health to the world around us? Are we being good stewards of the bodies that he has given us? We've got to give the Lord control over our daily addictions. Let me tell you, I was told the day before Thanksgiving that I can't have coffee anymore. <laughs> I know. It's very hard. Well, apparently my body just like freaks out when I have coffee, which I didn't know because I was having like four to six cups a day. So <laughs> I was living off coffee. It was fueling my existence. It was, it was getting me through. And I actually didn't realize the amount of fatigue I had in my everyday life because I was masking it with caffeine. I was feeding this addiction. Now, look, I'm not saying you'll have to give up coffee. Don't worry. But I am saying if you can't get through a day without a cup of coffee, there may be an issue there. And we just think it's little vices here and there, but there are addictions here and there. And if it was a drug, you wouldn't have it in your life. Yet when it's food, we think it's okay. We have to give God control over every area of our life. You know, coffee is an increase in heartburn, blood pressure, insomnia, abnormal heart rate rhythms, and dehydration. I'm just saying enjoy a cup of coffee, but maybe not four a day. You can do it, guys. Like, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm Matcha T's biggest fan right now. Here's the good news is that whole and healthy food actually tastes better. You just have to detox from all of the junk we've been putting in there for so long. I love going out to eat. It's one of Joaquin and I's favorite thing is to find new restaurants in Austin and eat. You know, we tend to gravitate towards the restaurants that are farm to table. You know why? Because we just think they taste better. Because we don't eat as much processed food anymore. And when you have an addiction, the way that addiction keeps growing is if you feed it. And the way that it dies is if you starve it. You can give up sugar, and pretty soon you won't crave sweet things anymore. But let me say this as well. 
If it's not clear, I'm quite extreme. I'm quite extreme. Only three nights ago, I was laying in bed at almost one o'clock in the morning and I'm like, I'm going vegan. So I bought an ebook vegan cookbook and I got up in the morning and I'm like, I don't want to be vegan. But see, I'm like all or nothing, right? If I want to start exercising, if it's Thursday and I haven't started exercising, I'm going to just wait till Monday. Right? Because you can't start exercising midweek. Right? That would be crazy. Don't be like me. I am getting better. But look, we don't have to be extreme. We just do have to make small changes. Small changes is what is going to equal a healthy lifestyle. Extreme changes often don't last. And oftentimes I find when I make extreme changes and I haven't given consideration for my lifestyle, they just fall by the wayside and I never really pick them back up again. I'm a working mom of three. I can't bake bread every single day. I want to, I can't. I can't make ketchup from scratch every day. My family won't eat ketchup from scratch. My kids, they know. So there are things like, I buy ketchup. I just make sure it doesn't have high fructose corn syrup and I make sure it's organic but I'm not gonna make it from scratch. And power to you if you make ketchup from scratch. Great, that's awesome. I don't have the capabilities in my life right now. It is, it'd cause way more undue stress, which maybe that should be the next thing we talk about is what stress does to our bodies. But you gotta do stuff that works for you and you gotta start small so that they will be a longevity endeavor. We talk about longevity, right? We want to do this for the long haul. We want to be in this. We want to give God everything he paid for. We've got to be around to do that. So I'm going to give you a couple of things, places where you could begin. Small changes. Once a month, just choose one thing. One thing. Just choose one thing a month. Can we do that? First, you can pray and you can ask the Holy Spirit for a game plan. Because it's amazing. I've had people pray to the Lord and they would tell me that he revealed that there was mold in their house and they never even knew there was mold. So Holy Spirit knows what you need. Okay. One month, start the process of eliminating plastic from your house. Invest in organic. So many people say organic isn't um, affordable, yet they're willing to pay a ton of money on prescription medication. We just got to choose where are we going to put our money. Start a garden. Super fun to do if you have kids. Get an air filter. Simple things. Don't keep food in the house that you don't want to eat. Is it hard for you to say no to ice cream every night? Don't keep ice cream in the house. 
cut back on dessert and have it twice a week instead of every night. Substitute soda for sparkling water. I'm on this vendetta against soda and juice. Joaquin like thinks I'm like, he's like, you passionately hate juice. And I'm like, well, my mom taught me to passionately hate juice because of how much sugar it contained. So now like to my children, I act as though it's cancerous. I'm like, don't touch the juice. Processed juice, not healthy, you know, fresh squeezed juice. But anyway, it's funny. Read labels. If you don't know what those labels mean or if you can't pronounce one of the words, that's a red flag. But read labels. Meatless Monday. I'm going to start this in my house. You're welcome, Joaquin. Not only is it going to save you money, but it's better for your health. Everyone's like, but we need the protein. You know what? Beans and rice make a complete protein. So much better for you than an animal that's been pumped full of hormones, that's been eating pesticide-filled grain, genetically modified food. Meatless Mondays. I think it's a great idea. Park further away from the store and walk. I was guilty of this, guys. I remember I would sometimes drive around a parking lot for five minutes to find the spot that was as close to the store as I could. And the Lord convicted me one day. He said, what, don't your legs work? And I was like, oh, why do we do that? I don't even know. Take the stairs and not the elevator. Sleep more. Even if you can survive off a little sleep, it is not good for you. Some people are like, I only need four hours of sleep. That's not something to brag about. <laughs> that is doing internal damage to your body. Get more sleep. Have friends over. Start once a month. Have family and friends at your table and do it simple and just do it fun. It doesn't have to be perfect. Your friends aren't there because they think you're perfect. What? I know, it's shocking. We got to care about our physical bodies. We got to care and we got to be accountable to what goes in our mouths. I haven't seen a heart attack waiting to happen like a church potluck. <laughs> right? Every single carbohydrate you can think of, every single starch you can think of, if it comes out of a packet or a can, even better. Fake cheese, all for it. Look, I've already beat up on meat. I can't go the queso route right now. People will never come back. <laughs> Substitute your milk for a plant-based milk. Dairy, gluten, sugar, three of the most inflammatory foods there is. And I love cheese, you guys. Like, I love it. And so you can have it occasionally. 
Let's just not have it every single day. Let's be wise and let's be smart. And let's not leave it up to the government or the FDA to determine what's healthy for us. Let's leave it up to the Lord and inquire of Him how He wants our daily habits to be formed in what we eat, how we move. Y'all, I'm not great at exercising. I can say no to sweets all day long. You put a bowl of salt and vinegar chips in front of me, different story. That takes real commitment for me to walk away from. And I don't always walk away. I'm not saying it has to be extreme and that you never have to have food that you love. I'm saying let's just make it something that we do in moderation. Let's show the world that the church can be leaders in the area of health. Let's show the world that not only are we vibrant spiritually, but we are vibrant physically, that we are healthy in our mind, body, and spirit. I believe that we can lead the way in this, and I believe that the Lord has given people tips and tricks and tools on physical health and wisdom and insight. And can I tell you one of the best decisions I made? I was on prescription medication for two years for digestive issues, and then it stopped working. So I had the choice. Did I want to go back to my doctor to get my prescription um, strength upped, or did I actually want to find out what was wrong with me? Because the doctor didn't tell me what was wrong with me, but they sure were happy to medicate me. And it costs some money. Sometimes it costs some money. But can I tell you, I finally figured out what was wrong with me by going to a holistic doctor who has a holistic approach to health. Let's prevent disease before it comes. Let's just not be okay with disease taking out half a million people a year that could be prevented. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.